you had a busy week, Monday through Saturday, let me add spice to your Sundays. Welcome to podcast Busy Sundays. I'm your host Mukesh Ralhan. We will be speaking to entrepreneurs, change makers, thinkers and industry leaders to gain from their views and experiences. Welcome once again. news the biden administration has ended deadlock over the next head of world trade organization by expressing its strong support for nigeria's ex finance minister if confirmed in the role dr okonjo owaila would be the first woman and first african to lead wto south korea unveils 43 billion dollar plan for world's largest offshore wind farm which would be ready by 2030 It's part of South Korea's effort to curb reliance on fossil fuel, which is Asia's fourth largest economy, and make it carbon neutral by 2050. Indian space research organization ISRO planned to launch Amazonia 1 of Brazil as primary satellite and 20 co-passenger satellites from Satish Dhawan Space Center, Sri Harikota, by February end. Ronaldo and Messi added another feather to their glittering crown. The two modern-day football stars were among the best players of decade from their respective continents. That's all from Busy Sunday Top News. Happy to host Anil Advani, a global lawyer, hosted by Mukesh Ralhan. curated by vikas rahman anil welcome to busy sundays thank you guys so anil uh, thank you uh, uh, it, it must be an evening time back in palo alto and a tiring day in middle of week uh, but would you like to share some lines around how your journey has been so far 2020 2021 looks promising and what journey has been so far uh sure sure uh by the way it's only 9 pm my time so it's really the middle of the day for me <laughs> because you know we work with a lot of india founders and as they start waking up and i start getting calls i have at least a good 2 okay. 3 hours of work in front of me uh yep. and and vikas is one of the culprits there also as part of that <laughs> conversations uh but i enjoy it right i mean that's that's what i've signed up for uh i enjoy working with early stage entrepreneurs founders who are passionate putting everything into building their next ventures and wherever we can help you know it's always uh, exciting to be part of the very early stages of of the startup and sort of seeing them mushroom and grow into successful companies um as far as 2020 i think it's been uh, obviously it's been i would use the old sort of term which i think we've all uh, <laughs> overheard it or overstated it but it was unprecedented in many forms many respects uh particularly from the health angle the entire sort of impact on businesses communities individuals families uh and uh, nobody i would say was prepared and obviously there's the human side of it uh which i think enough has been said and people have different experiences based on you know how they've gone through it on the business side of things uh particularly for our practice we've been very fortunate right because we work with almost all our work is with startup technology high growth technology companies 
And as you know, uh, the activity level, both in terms of people starting new ventures uh, to raising funding has been higher than in the past. So mm -hmm. in that respect, uh, you know, as our clients grow, you know, it's obviously good for our practice. So our practice grown significantly, I would say easily 25 to 30% over the last, you know, 2019, for example, probably more. Uh, we've hired people or lawyers and non-lawyers uh, and uh, 2021 has started off looking also very positive from that perspective, although the vaccine is still, you know, a struggle for the, again with the human and the health side of things. Okay. Uh, in one of the sessions at Clubhouse, I've heard you mentioning, don't be creative around legal structure of business. Uh, would you elaborate? Yeah, no, I mean, I think it stays for itself. Don't be creative when you come, when, when it comes to, you know, thinking about how to set up your company. Uh, especially if you're doing a cross-border US-India uh, company or structuring, uh, you know, global companies. It's all been done before very successfully. And both, you know, don't necessarily, you don't have to be necessarily creative. And you should also be looking at on the other hand, you know, how the others have done the, the successful ones and try to replicate that as much as possible because you don't get any first prize or any awards or, you know, medals for being more creative in the legal structure. It's not like any investor will invest more money or at a higher valuation or your customers will pay you more because you have some sort of a creative legal structure. Mm -hmm. But the downside is significant, right? If you miss anything critical, it can create, uh, have tax implications, uh, liabilities, Various things that, you know, I couldn't even think about right now uh, could come up and there's no upside to it because as I said, you, you know, you don't get anything extra for trying to be creative in your legal structuring. But how do you stay in course? Uh, if, 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 uh, is it something like uh, go to subject matter? Yes, yes. So find someone you trust, someone that's done this before, uh, both in terms of the lawyers, but also just the people you take advice from generally speaking, right? And that's not just legal, I would say that should apply to your product, that should apply to how you build, how you hire, how you sell. Um, many times founders make the mistake of going to whoever's closest to them. And that could be their uncle who's very successful in business, but has no idea about technology, has no idea about building a product or hiring an engineer, right? So you, you, may, you may want to take some advice from your uncle who's successful in business on maybe negotiating you know, or finance. Uh, because as a founder, you have to be fully well-rounded, right? You have to be 60, you have to understand 360 degrees of what affects business and finance and, you know, negotiations and communication is also very important. So pick and choose your advisors and get the right advice from that advisor based on their expertise and their value to you. Uh, for example, you know, just because an entrepreneur has been successful even two or three times, doesn't mean they know anything about law, right? Uh, I, this morning, I actually was on a call with uh, with a client that's built, and obviously I'm not going to name him, but he's built a successful company that went public last year. So you, know, you can imagine he started from scratch, built it all the way through public in the US, mm -hmm. and he still doesn't understand how options work. You know, he still doesn't understand for advisors, the options should be common stock, preferred stock. And that's not his fault. It's just that that's not his domain expertise. So if you're starting a company and you say, hey, XYZ, because you've gone public, let me take advice from you on how to structure my option plan. That would be the right, wrong idea. You would be with the right person, but getting the wrong advice. Um, 
and many times unfortunately these people are that are successful they don't tell you that hey i don't know this because they're successful they believe now they're king of the world mm-hmm. and they will give you that advice and you know you as a sort of a naive sort of early stage starry eyed founder you would tend to believe that advice because they've been successful right uh, but again that could be pushing you down the wrong path yeah i'm, I'm with you because uh, i can recall uh, something similar on a generic side uh, i was in dallas for quite some time and i i went to new york and there was a business proposition i said why can't we build big they said that's in texas but in new york we build high so there is no space so the scale of one side or the mindset of one side may not be applicable to the different geography or the business right absolutely okay uh, how do you see uh, entrepreneurship building up in digital space one is product one is service and one is definitely the digital way of working how do you see the entrepreneurship building in that space yeah so i think that's a very uh, very broad sort of question because it will apply to different businesses in different respects it also applies to different individuals in different respects right in the sense that some entrepreneurs uh, are very good with working with other and they need for example a co-founder to be there to bounce ideas off physically sort of you know they relate to that uh, as you as you start building the product or the technology as you start building and working with your engineering team other founders are you know already adapted to the idea of you know working in a coffee shop on their own with their you know headphones on without sort of <laughs> completely uh, you know uh, cordoning off any noise so it's very individualistic i i would say it is something that's here to stay right uh, and that's something that whether you like it or not every business every entrepreneur every ceo every executive every employee has to get used to working in some form or the other on a remote basis and again i'm talking about startup right i mean if you're a healthcare mm-hmm. worker a doctor you you probably don't want <laughs> can't be working remote as much correct but for for technology companies uh so you have to that's the first thing you have to say is that this is our world now uh just like for so many years we just decided that we all have to without seems like now any reason but we all had to get up at the same time you know shower in the morning get ready jump in the car be stuck in traffic you know be stressed out pollute the environment but somehow we thought it was a requirement to get to work at 9 a.m. and stay in work at work until 6 p.m. without thinking why and is there a better way we just applied ourselves to that right so we whether we we like getting up in the morning whether we like working and sitting in a chair in an office next to in cubicles we didn't think about it we just applied ourselves i would say that's where we are on the reverse side of it now we have to reapply to say this is going to be part of a significant part of our working life so we have to do the best sort of how do we get the best out of you know what we have uh for example in our firm we made it a very sort of simple rule that you know just assume that you'll be working from home for the for the long term whatever it is that you need if you want to buy the the best chair the best desk printers screens whatever it is that you think you would need to replicate your work environment so that you're efficient you we will invest because you know that's what you're in for now right so we have to really prepare for that as such so does that mean that we were self regulated but now we are digitally self regulated and we are thinking more on doing things efficiently without wasting time on the non core activities right and i think one of the key elements of leadership will be now 
to uh, because one of the elements of you know working in office was knowing who's there, who's doing what, right? I mean, just with, with the perception that if you're in the office, you're working. If you're sitting in the office nine to five, you put in eight hours, eight good hard hours of work, and you've deserved you know, your what you get. I, I mean, that's again flipped on its head. So I think the critical part of leadership now will be to uh, because you can't really monitor people now, right? And and you shouldn't, right? I mean, and and the critical element of leadership will be to now. Uh, work with uh, sort of uh, you know uh, dispersed teams and understand and be able to still figure out who's adding value and what level of value uh, because you don't get to see them in the office necessarily physically uh, and sort of work around their schedule somewhat so i think the for again for executive leaders ceos founders that skill set has to be developed where even if they don't see the person sometimes they don't see an email or 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 you know, uh, obviously don't see the person physically, they need to figure out whether this person is productive, whether they're meeting the goals, whether what they're doing is synch synchronizing with what others are doing, the team sort of, you know, uh, objectives. Uh, so you'll have to be more disciplined. You'll have to call people, you'll have to calendar. So what I do is, you know, I, every morning or during the course of a day, I tend to call my associates and I have a list of what each of them is doing. So I can very quickly sort of just get a sense of, you know, it's not, asking two deep questions unless and making myself available. Uh, if I'm working on, a, on an important project, then I also calendar it and I have the associate calendar so we can catch up for even if, even if it's for five minutes, 10 minutes, we calendar it because I'm not looking at them physically, so I don't know where they are. So we've already you know, pre-planned that. So I think developing those skills to work in a more digital dispersed teams uh, universe is gonna be critical in ability to you know, sort of execute I would say even on a better level than when we did working in, in person. Mm -hmm. uh, Anil, let me chime in now. Uh, so uh, office was all about innovation and uh, water cooler chats because both has uh, the impact on uh, the bringing employee connectivity and employee engagement. So how do you see the new world or the blended world building no, absolutely. And especially, you know, you know, you know, work like ours or even engineering and certainly in ours, you know, where there's also knowledge that, you know, one person has, has, has to be in some manner communicated across in the consistently, right? So when I'm talking to one associate and giving sort of advice or one client and we're having a discussion, not all associates are in, in the room there. So how does that, how do you sort of share that information or that knowledge? Or even that one associate that I'm talking to in a typical office environment, in physical office environment, that associate would be chatting with the others, updating others. That's a sort of a live, you know, uh, okay. experience and, and and learning that's happening in what was happening in the physical world, which is not happening in the offline world, in the digital world. Correct. So it, it has changed in that respect. And again, leaders have to be mindful of that, right? They have to understand that that level of that we have to create new levels of communication, right? Whether it's some technology tool or just your own leadership skills or a combination of, we just have to get to a point where we acknowledge that the world is different, the way people are getting information, the, the way they're getting trained is different. Uh, so we have to keep sort of, you know, investing time to continue to make sure that our teams are still efficient, they're working together, that knowledge, information, all of that is being decimated on a very consistent level across the teams. And that's just, uh, that comes from the top that comes from the leadership it's all communication and right now i would say the founder ceo's role is 
not 100%, but at least a large portion of their time should be spent on managing the teams, the communication and the sort of facilitating the, the, the smooth sort of you know, working within the, with the dispersed teams. I, I agree with you and I also foresee each subject matter manager becoming a people manager in addition to his core competency because it is all about people and their motivation. No, absolutely, absolutely. And again, you know, you have as a leader, you have to recognize who's an expert in what, give them the tools. And uh, the other thing that's happened is that not everyone needs to know, do everything now, right? In, in, in the previous uh, sort of, again, offline, uh, pre-corona days, um, I would say, you know, we, we had office meetings and 10 of us were sitting in the office meeting discussing something that one person had uh, to discuss with the other person, right? There was some learning and there were some advantages, as I said, but many times they were also inefficient. So I think having regular meetings, team meetings online, uh, Zoom, video calls, as much as you can, but not over meeting and making sure that you know different individuals are also aligned with their capabilities and their expertise so that they can go execute on their own i think that's and it can become more efficient in that respect again that's part of what you know leaders should be focusing their their uh, their efforts on uh, more or less so you might have had a glance at india budget and you see there's a lot of resilience coming in economy and the focus of infrastructure, healthcare, and a couple of other stuff in the related sector, defense not to miss. Uh, how do you see India building up its stack as, as in for entrepreneurs and for a, a, I would say emerging country or a, getting better? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I've been around for a long time. I'm sort of old in, in comparison to most of the founders I work with. And I have, uh, I have seen the opportunity, India as an opportunity for being a successful sort of global leader on the economy side, technology side for last, you know, at least easily 25, 30 years. And uh, unfortunately, we tend to shoot ourselves in the foot. You know, we have the opportunity, technology is obviously our forte and core strength. And that is now, you know, that's really the, the source of, you know, finance before agriculture, the industrial revolution, then finance, those were driving global economies, technology driving global economy now, and we are at the forefront of that, whether in India or across the world, Indians are, you know, really running a lot of the technology companies and, and innovation. So we have that opportunity, but we tend to sort of shoot, as I said, shoot ourselves in the foot because with that, we don't really, there's no, there's a lot of talk, but there's no national effort to focus on technology as a sole purpose of building the economy, right? It, technology is always, or startup or whatever, it's, it's a sexy thing because everyone's talking about it and it makes newspapers and people applaud. Mm -hmm. and, and again, I don't want to make it a political statement, whether it's Congress, BJP, whichever other state or, mm -hmm. country or, or party. The challenge is, is it's really more of, you know, what will sell than a real purpose behind developing the technology and the economy around technology. I just don't see that happening even now, unfortunately. Yeah, we, we need more of, uh, I would say, uh, new is thinking. Uh, uh, we need something on uh, a national level, as you mentioned, we have a national level logistics plan. We have national level agricultural plans. Uh, how about having a national level entrepreneurship or a technology plan to ship it up better? So I'm, I'm with you on that. So let's, I let's would say have a national level technology plan and get rid of everything else. It yeah. will just solve itself. Whether you have agriculture, you technology will solve that problem, right? If you have logistics, infrastructure, 
transport, whatever it is that you want to solve, technology, that, that, has, that recognition has to be first made that right after the prime minister and maybe the home minister, the third or the second largest or most powerful and, and sort of someone who has the most capabilities and given the biggest responsibility and the budget should really be a technology minister, not a railway minister, not a transportation minister, not a highway minister, not an education minister, technology minister. Let that then flow into all the other areas. Railways should be, you know, the technology should be plugged into technology, right? So if you want to make railways more efficient, don't create a railway budget. Create a technology budget that will then have a part of tech, that budget from technology going to railway. Similarly with education, similarly with logistics, highways, everything, all of that. That's the only way to actually get the best sort of benefits of what we have as a nation, the opportunities we have. I won't be surprised that after listening to our podcast, uh, there would be a talk of Vigyan Samadhan at national level. Yeah, no, I hope so. But again, you know, the, 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 the slogans are always good, right? They all work really well for marketing, but the slogans have to translate into action. And, and that's where I remain disappointed that I haven't yeah. seen much of that. Cool. So let's do a quick rapid fire. There's no right and wrong. Uh, whatever comes to your mind first, shoot. Chai versus coffee. Both. Okay. <laughs> Boots Depending on who I'm stuff. having it at what time, right? Okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, bootstrapping versus VC. VC. Digital poker versus soccer. Digital poker. Work from anywhere or work from office? Uh, work from anywhere. Okay. Jazz versus Sufi. Oh boy, both, I guess, depending on the mood. <laughs> <I do. laughs> Again, it, it could be with whom I'm sitting. Huh? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would ask an advice from you uh, for entrepreneur, but I would ask something on which is which will touch entrepreneurs on personal side. How do you detox yourself or how your Sundays are? So firstly, I think you have to realize it's not easy. I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're not normal. You, you're not you're not destined to be have a normal life. And the sooner you realize and acknowledge that, the better for you and for everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And also communicate that to the people around that depend on you. If you have a wife, spouse, parents, children, whatever, whoever it is. I think a lot of people try to fit the entrepreneur sort of life into a normal life. And that's where the stress and the disconnect and the conflicts happen. Right. Did you, just like a lawyer or a doctor, right? I mean, a doctor, if you work in emergency, you know, you work in emergency, you're working all night and then you, you have to think about the morning and then, you know, all of that. If you're a pilot, you're traveling, you're flying a plane, or if you're a stewardess, you know, you're flying and you're out ho from home. So if you're trying to fit that into a nice, you know, uh, dulan for working when sitting at home with the husband, it doesn't work, right? That's where the stress is caused. So you have to, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you should, if you're especially starting out young, you have to really, you have to create the framework for your life around that, right? So if you get married to somebody, maybe get married to an entrepreneur, or get married to someone who's got the experience or the appreciation for what you'll get, you're, you're going to get through, right? Uh, if, if, if you're going to have children, think about the right timing for that because children take a lot of, you know, need a lot of time and your company needs a lot of time. So I think the, the, the biggest mistake entrepreneurs make and, and the, which results in their trying to get detoxifying is really not understanding or acknowledging that they leave a pretty, or they're destined to leave, lead a pretty, 
unique life, good or bad, that's for you to decide. Mm -hmm. And it may not fit into the normal sort of norms of society or relationships and family and various other things. So you just have to build around that. And then you build your community of founders, entrepreneurs that are going through the same cycle so that you have someone to fall back on. And you know, if you're working at 2 a.m. and you want to advise from another founder or you want to just bounce an idea, it's very likely that you know this person is actually available at that time versus someone who has a bank job from nine to five who's not going to be available, right? It's not to say that you should have only have friends who are one way, but at least you know create the framework for a, a, a stable sort of uh, you know framework around which you can build your life and relationships. Yep, makes sense. Final words from your side. Final words, uh, being an entrepreneur is not easy. You have to be out of your mind to be doing it, but once you're in it and you've committed to it and you've been able to tackle and create this framework, it is the most satisfying journey of life, right? So I would always commend people to do that. I'm trying to get my daughter to become an entrepreneur and I suspect she will. Um, and it's something that is very satisfying and especially when you start from nothing and create from scratch and build something that becomes valuable and people pay for, uh, that satisfaction is unmatched. Uh, so I would say if you've got that bug in you, that kida in you, you should go for it. Cool. Thank you, Anil. Thank you so much for taking out time in the middle of week and sparing it for busy Sundays. In 2021, we included a new section, Mindfulness to Busy Sundays. Here is Vic on Mindfulness. Good morning friends, I am back with another episode and today we will discuss a timeless topic How to break up with your bad habits Dr. Judson has done extensive research on this topic and I will cover his research to explain how to break this Breaking bad habit is very hard We all know this Whether we have failed our diet plan once again or felt the pull to refresh our social media feed instead of making progress on work project that is due. This is largely due to the fact that we are constantly barraged by stimuli engineered to make us crave and consume. That stimuli hijack the reward-based learning system in our brains designed initially for survival. In simple words, reward-based learning involves a trigger, for example, the feeling of hunger, followed by a behavior, eating food, and a reward, feeling satisfied. We want to do more of the things that feel good and less of the things that feel bad or stressful. These three components, trigger, behavior, and reward, show up every time we smoke a cigarette or eat a chocolate. This is especially true at work. By using mindfulness training, to make people more aware of the reward reinforcing their behavior, doctor identified what is driving their habit in the first place. Once this happens, they are more easily able to change their association with the reward from a positive one to a more accurate or a negative one. His strategy can help all of us, especially workers, to up their productivity 
moral and overall performance by teaching them how to overcome the habits that may be holding them back from prospering. 1. Map out your habit loops. The first step to breaking a habit, no matter what it is, is to figure out your triggers. If the habit is procrastination or stress eating at work, for example, pay attention to circumstances surrounding you when you do these things. Do you have a big project you are trying to avoid or do you have too much on your plate to manage? Once you know your triggers, try to identify the behaviors you engage in when you are losing out. Do you check social media instead of doing work? Do you snack on sweets during challenging assignments? You must be able to name the actions you do for comfort or peace of mind before you can evaluate their reward values. Point 2. See what you actually get out of these actions. The next step is to clearly link between action and outcome. If you stress eat, how does it feel to eat junk food when you are not hungry? If you procrastinate, what do you get from surfing the internet? Introspect your answer to these questions and write them down to help solidify in your mind. Point number 3. Replace the reward with curiosity. The final step to creating sustainable positive habit change is to find out a new reward system that is more rewarding than existing behavior. The brain is always looking for a bigger better reward. Imagine you are trying to break a bad habit like stress eating at work and willpower hasn't quite worked out for you. What if instead of indulging in your candy craving to counteract a negative emotion, you substituted it with the curiosity about why you are having that craving in the first place? What did feels like in your body and in your mind the reward value of curiosity is tangibly different than stress eating in that case ultimately curiosity feels better in the moment and is much more enjoyable than the reflection that often occurs after giving into such a bad habit the next time you find yourself indulging in a bad habit take a moment to pause and consider using mindfulness to help you overcome it Your behaviors may not change immediately but stick to TBR. If you can hack your mind using TBR technique, you will eventually be able to break free of unwanted habits and comfortably watch your cravings pass by. Wishing you all a fabulous Sunday. That's all from Busy Sundays. Signing off. See you next week.